0: You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with my good friend, Gray Williams. We have uh, got a great show. Our show is all about tech. We're the number one tech radio program in Canada. On today's uh, show, we'll be uh, talking about moon missions. One successful this past week, one not so much uh, from Russia and India. We'll go into some of the details on that with our good friend, Carmi Levy. Uh, we will also talk about AI scams. We know there's uh, you know, literally hundreds of millions of dollars uh, scammed out of people through phone scams and email scams. Well, now with voice cloning, it's taking it to the next level. Someone's actually phoning you that sounds like your friend asking for money. We'll give you the details on how that all works and uh, how to uh, avoid them. Let's get into some of the news, uh, Gray. I think the big one for us uh, tech nerds uh, is that the iMac is is it 25 years old.
1: 25 years old. Happy birthday, iMac.
0: You look great. And so the iMac, that was the computer that Steve Jobs came up with when he returned uh, to Apple. Uh, Apple um, kicked him out back in the 90s. Uh, They went through some tough years and uh, basically rehired Steve uh, Jobs. And this was his kind of first big product launch and uh, highly successful at that.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you remember the color Bondi Blue, like the 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 Bondi Beach in Australia? Um, it, it had USB ports, no PS2 ports, no Apple Talk ports, just this beautiful... You you—you could hook up 125 devices to a single port if you daisy chain the right. Epson brought out their 740 printer and it was magic on this thing. And it had the worst
0: mouse on the planet. <laughs> I remember the mouse. So these were unique. Um, this was back before flat screen, so it was kind of still... It, it was the tube... Uh, screen and they were translucent and they came in these magical candy like colors. And yeah, to your point there, uh, USB ports, no, no floppy drive, which a lot of people were, you know, they thought they were upset about, but at, at that point, who was really using floppy disks as, as much uh, in anymore, but it did have the, the s- CD drive.
1: And we sold it of those iOmega zip drives and the, the jazz drives. Yeah. Right. They had the, the floppy disk like structure but they they carried I think it was 100 megabytes or a gigabyte on them. And uh you had to have one but you never used it. No.
0: I I remember those uh but the the CD drive basically rendered those obsolete, didn't it? Cuz they the CD drive could hold a large amount of information on one CD at, at a much cheaper price. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, looking at it this way, I still have blank CDs and blank DVDs around my house. I haven't burned one of those in a very, very long time, because when we take a look at it, things like AirDrop
0: are way faster. What you know, Extreme what's in, Yeah, what's what's interesting about the iMac uh, is as well. Uh, it it really did help launch uh, Apple into its new golden uh, age. Uh, but there was a lot of failed products uh, before that that people might not even remember. Uh, Apple actually came out with a uh, a laser printer. And they actually came out with a digital camera as well. Do you remember that? It uh, it was it was not. Yeah, I, I mean they were just kind of all all over the place. Okay, another interesting story uh, that popped up over the uh, week, and this is uh, I put this in the category of uh, you know what could go wrong with AI. Well, lots. Uh, Microsoft uh, site, uh, MSN site, they published an article on uh, what to do in Ottawa as a tourist destination. And so, you know, it picked a few good things like, you know, catch a Senator's hockey game or visit the uh, Washington, uh, sorry, the National War Memorial. But they also recommended um, in the top five, uh, go go see the Ottawa Food Bank and, and come with an empty stomach. I mean, it's, it's,
1: it's a little dystopian. Um, I've, I've been there. So, you know, it's. It's kind of kind of a I mean, maybe maybe this is just commentary.
0: Well, you know, the yeah.
1: AI, was, AI wasn't really ambitious. It was it was just snarky.
0: I think Microsoft said it uh, was a result of unsupervised uh, AI, but I it's really something we need to keep an eye on. You know, a lot of websites now are using AI generated articles and content to to populate their their site, and I think it's super important that humans kind of oversee that or you know at the end of the day kind of as you know act as an editor to make sure that there is accuracy and there's kind of that human feeling to the the articles uh as as well um that particular one was taken down but i think this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg gray we're going to see a lot more i guess crap out there that's generated by by ai that hasn't been vetted by humans
1: i feel bad for the ai so I
0: could. You feel bad for the. <laughs> I I don't feel bad for the a the AI uh yet my myself so, um I think they've uh they've still got a ways to go with uh you know this generative uh, AI I mean it's gotten good with uh, tools like Chat GPT but again, uh I implore folks out there if you're using these tools you, you've got to look at the content that's generated and actually go through it and, and edit it to make sure that, uh, it's, it's correct because I've, I've used it a, a number of times now and I find it can get pretty flowery and, and fluffy with, um, the, the text. Don't you?
1: Yeah. It's interesting seeing an AI that likes to hear itself speak. <laughs> well,
0: that's a, that's a good description. Cause, uh, in a lot of cases, uh, I, I, I find that's, uh, that's the, uh, the case. Okay, we we do have a lot to talk about on uh, today's uh, program. Like I was saying earlier, we are going to be covering a new type of scam. And this is important that you stick around and listen to what's happened. An Ontario man was scammed out of $8,000 by what he thought was his friend phoning him for bail money. It sounded like his friend and... Sounded very legit, but uh, you know, there's technology out there uh, using AI and and voice cloning that can basically kind of uh, mimic people's voices. I've tried it myself. Is it perfect? No, but I think in many cases, if it's good enough, it's uh, going to work. We'll also be talking about uh, the moon missions that have happened over the past uh, week. Uh, Both Russia and India uh, attempted to land. Uh, lunar modules uh, on the moon and uh, one was successful and uh, one was not and it's an exciting time because uh, they're trying to land these down near the south pole where there is uh, supposedly ice slash water which would uh, help further uh humankind's uh i guess space uh, exploration uh going going forward we also have a great contest going on it's uh an awesome prize pack, giving away two prizes, uh, an Epson Smart Projector, uh, and we have a secret word as well uh, today, so you're going to have to stick around later in the show. And uh, if you put in the secret word into the uh, the entries, uh, you'll get extra ballots uh, so you can uh, up your chances of winning. We'll also be giving away an Epson EcoTank inkjet printer, an ET2800. It's uh, an amazing prize pack. GetConnectedMedia.com. We've got more tech to talk. Stay tuned back after this. We're back with the program. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Don't forget to enter our contest, www.getconnectedmedia.com, giving away an Epson EcoTank ET28 inkjet printer and an Epson smart projector. Go to the contest page, getconnectedmedia.com, and stay tuned because we're going to give you a secret word to get you more entries to up your chances of winning. Well, an exciting event is coming to Canada, and specifically Toronto in September. It's uh, all around the world of Wi-Fi and keeping connected. So if you are in that business of uh, keeping things connected with your company or want to learn more about how Wi-Fi can make that all happen... You got to check it out. Uh, we've got uh, a guest on the line. His name is uh, Klaus Hedding. He is the man behind the Wi-Fi World Congress North America 2023. Thanks for joining us, Klaus.
2: Yeah, great to be with you, Mike. Thanks so much for uh, uh for the opportunity to speak here.
0: You're uh you're calling from Denmark today. Little little ways away from yeah, Canada.
2: Right. A long ways away, but I mean I work and I live here, although most of my clients honestly these days are in North America so so uh I also spend a lot of time in North America, Uh, but yeah, from Denmark.
0: So, why why do you need to have a conference about Wi Fi? You know, I think most people think Wi Fi is how I get my internet uh, wirelessly in my home or my business. Is this something that uh, people need to actually get together on?
2: Oh yeah, Uh, and and here's the thing: these things don't happen automatically, and Wi Fi doesn't get a lot of press, Uh, and uh it's not like you know 5g and all these things that people tend to know a lot about i think because they get a lot of publicity and so wi-fi is kind of a little bit under the radar but that doesn't mean that uh that there's a not there's not a lot happening and there's also definitely a need for people to meet up all the folks that are working on in this space to meet up and understand and share and network and and basically uh Make the you know the next generation of Wi-Fi happen. So this is what we're trying to do, and and it's Wi-Fi World Congress is predominantly a a business-to-business event uh, where we invite speakers from uh, you know from sometimes from you know the very large chipset providers that actually uh, produce the 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 core technology that goes into Wi-Fi, but all the way top to bottom, if you like, I mean folks that have. Maybe small companies, a lot of software companies, and so on. It's it's quite a wide range of folks that come to our events. But common to them all is that uh, they they all have a vested interest in in working with Wi-Fi, and making it better, essentially, right?
0: So what what are some of the things that uh, folks could learn by going to this uh, this conference?
2: Right. So there's a lot of focus in 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 the Wi-Fi industry right now on. New standards. So, as you know, as you probably will know, for for example, similarly to the to the mobile industry, uh, there are new standards uh, coming out in the in the case of Wi-Fi every five years or so, and we're at the cusp of another uh, big improvement in Wi-Fi called Wi-Fi 7. And there's a lot of uh, things going on in that space. Meaning, how do we? I mean, we need to understand it better. We need to understand how to apply it. We need to understand how to build business cases around it, how to, uh, you know, create new use cases for this, uh, because it's an entirely new way of, uh, of connecting with Wi-Fi. It has a whole bunch of features that will allow folks to do things that not just in speed, but also things for reliability, for gaming, for AR, VR, things like that. This standard will be uh, is really uh, the big news item at the event. There's a couple of other things uh, that uh, that are super interesting. One is the whole uh, story around new spectrum for Wi-Fi. So Canada is in fact uh, one of the leading countries, if you like, on new spectrum. And the new spectrum in question here is the what we call the six gigahertz band. So Wi-Fi has been given Wi-Fi connectivity has been given a huge gift in that. Uh, something like 1,200 uh, megahertz of additional spectrum. That's four times, three or four times what we have today uh, or previously was released to the Wi-Fi industry or to Wi-Fi users, which is anybody essentially, uh, a couple of years ago. So all that spectrum is there and you can use it. You can build a business around it. You can, if you're an enterprise, if you're a company, you can now buy equipment that uses the spectrum, which means Wi-Fi is so much better uh, today, and and the capacity uh, in that spectrum will allow for many, many more users, much higher speeds, and so on and so forth. So we're at the cusp of a, a, a huge leap in, in Wi-Fi connectivity, and I, I would say two three years from now, you're probably not going to recognize your Wi-Fi, uh, or it, it, it will be something to experience. It will be something completely different than what you're used to today. Anyway, two three years out, at the most. So so there's a, there's a huge evolution going on in the wi industry right there.
0: I I think it's important that people do keep up with some of these uh, you know technology standards. And I know that doesn't sound exciting, but I you know I I go into so many friends' homes and, and even you know businesses, and they're using technology. Like some of my friends, their routers are like six or seven years old, or or more. Yes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. and they're wondering yeah. why they're just yeah. not getting that coverage uh, in their in their business or or their their home.
2: Right. It's exactly. So I, this is important. I mean, what we've what we saw while everybody was working from home was that people all of a sudden became, or a lot of people became aware of, hey, my Wi Fi is not where it should be because. I can't work now that my kids are also on their iPads and whatnot. And, and what actually happened during that time was a huge uh, growth spree for the wi industry and in getting especially mesh into homes and so on. And, and some of the vendors out there have had, you know, hundred percent growth or similar while people were working for home, which is understandable. There are still folks out there, you know, that don't um, uh, totally understand it. And it's, you know, it's also not, it is a little bit dirty, right? But here's one of the good things about, Uh, What has happened over the past couple of years, the Wi-Fi industry or the Wi-Fi Alliance, I should probably say, has made it relatively easy or at least easier for people to understand Wi-Fi generations. And it used to be called 802.11a, blah, 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 and so forth. I mean, they used to have these designations. They've done away with that. So now it's relatively simple. It's Wi-Fi 4, 5, 6. Now we also actually have something called 6E. And the latest one is 7 so you can kind of look in the box and say okay this is an upgrade from what you know I have in my home maybe I should invest in this. So it's become a little bit easier right?
0: What's interesting, though, too, is that Wi-Fi is being used in other kind of interesting uh, ways. Uh, you know, I know some router manufacturers, like Linksys, for example, they can actually use Wi-Fi from a safety perspective. You know, for example, if you had an elderly parent, uh, Wi-Fi can go through the home to see if someone's fallen, for example.
2: Yeah. So there are some new applications. This is super, super interesting. And in fact, it's a Canadian company uh, Canadian com- this Canadian company called uh, Cognitive Systems is, is one of the leaders in this space. Um, yeah, exactly. So this is actually passive in the sense that you can sense. So what the technology that they have is is you, they sense uh, small disturbances in Wi-Fi signals that are already there, essentially. So every home, typically not obviously everywhere, but, but nearly everybody has Wi-Fi in their home, right? So they can sense little changes in the signal. And then with some uh, super fancy algorithms and AI and all these kinds of things, they can then determine the, sh- the, the shape of, or the motion of the person or, or, or uh, you know, uh, changing these sig- signals, right, in, in, the, in the, the Wi-Fi radio signals. So, yeah, so this is interesting. This can be used for a number of different things. And one, one really good application is, you know, to keep an eye on perhaps your elderly parents and so on. And they don't typically, or many people don't like having, you know, cameras pointed at them and so on. So this is sort of a very unobtrusive way of, of, of doing that, and there's some really good, uh, you know, uh, applications that go with that. So you can monitor your parents, perhaps if you <laughs> if you if you have elderly parents, uh, in, in in a soft and gentle sort of way, and see if they get up, maybe at the at the right time, or so on, if if the elderly, and so on. So yeah, so that's it. That's a cool new application, as I said, one of the you know, it's a Canadian one, if you like, in a sense. Um, and there's also a lot of, a lot of things going on in, this, in the smart home space with a new, new uh, uh, standard called MATTER. And MATTER is a standard where, where interoperability between all the stuff that you can get in your local electronic shop for your smart home uh, is supposed to, with MATTER, eventually become interoperable so you don't have to go buy uh, a separate Google system or a separate Apple system or a separate you know, Samsung system that all these things will play nicely together. That's another big thing that we're going to be talking about at the event.
0: We're talking with uh, Klaus Hedding. He is uh, one of the folks behind the Wi-Fi World Congress, North America. This is a a big conference coming to Toronto, Canada, September 18th uh, to uh, 20th. uh, The website wi com. You can uh, check that out and uh, get signed up. I want to thank you for joining us, Klaus.
2: Mike, it's a pleasure. Anytime. Thank you so much.
0: When we come back from the break, we still have a lot more to talk about on uh, today's uh, program. Uh, Some important things that you need to know about. Uh, There's uh, scams going on with voice cloning, people phoning you, your friends, you think, or family, asking for money. It sounds like them, but it's not. We'll tell you how to tell the difference. And uh, we're going to talk about the moon missions, both from Russia and India. One successful, one not so much. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the program. Mike Eggerbo here in the studio. Don't forget to hit the contest page, giving away an Epson EcoTank ET2800 inkjet printer and a cool, smart Android TV laser printer from uh, Epson as well. Stay tuned. Later in the program, we'll give you the secret word of the week to get you extra entries into the program. If you want uh, info on how to enter, getconnectedmedia.com well it's been an interesting week when it comes to space and space technology both russia and india uh attempted to put a lander on the moon one was successful one was not to help us uh talk through the story we've got a good friend out of toronto Carmi levy thanks uh, for joining us Carmi.
3: thanks for having me mike wonderful to be here
0: uh, I, I love space. Uh, I love the fact that uh, things are really kind of gearing up again. Uh, you know, SpaceX is uh, out there launching rockets. Uh, NASA is, uh, you know, trying to get to the moon as well with the Artemis uh, missions. But it looks like uh, Russia and India were big in the news this week. We'll start with Russia. They were not successful with their their lander.
3: Yeah, you sort of feel bad for them. It was known as Luna 25. It was the first time that they had launched a robotic mission to the moon since 1976, back when they were still the Soviet Union. So 47 years uh, between missions, and they failed. It made it into lunar orbit, uh, which uh, the last time they tried to launch an interplanetary mission known as Phobos Grunt a little over a decade ago, it didn't make it out of Earth orbit. It crashed back into the ocean. So this was better than that than that mission for for sure. Uh, but when it tried to land on the moon, uh, it ran into some kind of anomaly and it ended up crashing into the moon. Um, and then of course, just a couple of days later, India succeeded. Uh, the you know the, what's different about these missions is they were trying to go for a part a spot on this on the moon, the South Pole which is where the ice is, where frozen ice is apparent has apparently been detected by orbiting satellites. But you've got to get close up to see how much is there, figure out how to get it out, scan the area, learn, because if you want to create a sustainable lunar presence, uh, you've got to send robotic missions there first to kind of get the lay of the land. And that's really what these missions were all about. Um, it was supposed to be a huge propaganda victory uh, for Putin's Russia. Putin had been uh, you know, trumpeting this in Russian media and Russian social media for months. Um, and uh, unfortunately, it didn't kind of work out that way. I am, like you, a major space head. I've been following this since a kid. In fact, my interest in technology probably took root uh, when I was watching those missions early on. Um and and normally I, I wouldn't gloat. You know, any failure is everybody's failure. It's it's always sad when you know you put your heart and soul into a mission and it just doesn't work out. But given who this is and given what this mission had become, that it was more political than science, that despite the Ukraine invasion, despite uh the you know the global sanctions against Russia, that scientists had warned were going to compromise this mission. Uh, they proceeded with it anyway and ran into disaster. So uh, I'm not going to pour one out for Vladimir Putin. Um, and quite frankly, I think this is, this is the, but politically it's the sign that Russia needs that, you know, maybe its ambitions in space are a little bit too big for it right now and it needs to dial it back.
0: It's interesting, uh, you know, I'd mentioned uh, earlier that, uh, you know, some of their last missions were, you know, more than 40 years ago. It's almost like they've had to start again. Do you know
3: what I mean? Yeah, they kind of have, because, you know, under the Soviet Union, we, of course, don't know how much they spent uh, on their missions then, but we know very clearly, especially during uh, the moon race uh, leading up to Apollo, the end of the 60s, and then when they abandoned that, they didn't succeed. Uh, And then, of course, during the Cold War, Uh, space investment was clearly also parallel investments in military capabilities. The same rockets that launched humans and missions into orbit and beyond were the same rockets that also launched nuclear missiles halfway around the world. So, uh, you know, in the times of the Soviet Union, they were leaders. They were acknowledged. They built the first workable space station. Uh, They set records time and again. Um, and the world watched, you know, while, while the U.S. was grounded waiting for the shuttle to start flying, uh, you know, Russia was launching Soyuz as regularly and doing things that the U.S. could only dream of. So, you know, you, you go from that existence where communist nation can put as many resources as it, want, as it wants into its space program to post-Soviet Union Russia that literally does not have the resources is scraping budget together just to get progress cargo vehicles into space to reach the International Space Station. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's almost sad to see just how far this once proud spacefaring nation has fallen, uh, that they're not capable of repeating those successes of the past. And time and again, they keep running into one disaster after another. You know, just a few months ago, we had a Soyuz capsule as well as a progress capsule uh, at the International Space Station both lose their their cooling systems, um, and both had to be uh, deorbited off mission. And so, you know, time and again, uh, Russia's continuing to think they can operate like it did back when it was the Soviet Union. And I think the Luna 25 mission failure is a reminder that it just doesn't work that way. Space is hard. You got to put the resources into it. And if you decide to behave in a in a negative way geopolitically and invade your neighbor, it's going to cost you up to and including those uh, those marquee space missions that you used to be so proud of.
0: But a proud, proud uh, week for India. No question. This is uh, the first time they've, uh, you know, attempted something uh, this this grand, but they were quite successful.
3: This is one of my favorite space stories in in recent memory because you know when you look at the at the Chandrayaan 3 mission's first ever in history successful landing of a robotic probe at the south pole uh, it's not just landing on the moon it's landing on the moon at the south pole which is even harder Um, That there's a reason why the U.S. has targeted that similar region for its Artemis human uh, missions uh, is because that's where they want to build a lunar base. That's where they're going to have water to sustain missions, sustain activity, not just land and come back, but stay there and actually do work. Um, And so for India to be the first country, this is the world's most populous nation, fifth largest economy. First country to succeed at the South Pole, Uh, fourth country to actually soft land anything on the Moon, is a remarkable scientific achievement. And what what really stood out for me was the entire country held its breath watching this thing land. Uh, It was live streams. You know, it 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 almost reminded. I was too young to really know what was going on during the, the days of Apollo, but. I can only imagine that that's what it must have been like, where millions of people um, are near a radio, near a television, near a device, near a computer, and they're watching rapt, ignoring everything else because this is all that matters. The very scientific, technological future of their country hinges on this one mission. Uh, which I thought was amazing uh, and, you know, good to have India kind of reach its rightful place uh, in space history. Um, and and just as importantly, you know, the, the, if you kind of look at the mission itself, it was done on a shoestring. Uh, it Four years ago, they tried to launch an earlier version of this lander uh, and it failed. It crashed into the moon as well. Uh, and yet here they are four years later uh, and they're back at it and they succeed. And it cost them $140 million for the first mission that failed. And this mission cost them even less. By some estimates, $75 million. That wouldn't even cover the catering budget for an Artemis <laughs> launch. So, <laughs> so so, the fact that India can do this uh, with so efficiently, um, you know, to me, I think there are lessons in there for space programs elsewhere. Certainly, Canada should be watching this and learning. Uh, and I think it's incredibly encouraging. It's, it's always lovely when a country comes out from the shadows and figures out something that it previously could not do. Um, and if this advances India's space and technology ambitions, then I think this is good not just for India, but for the rest of the planet as well.
0: I, I still don't understand how they did it so cheap. Because, you know, when you look at the NASA budgets, they're in the billions mm-hmm. of dollars. And so these guys are doing it for like a tenth of the cost.
3: <laughs> I think part of it is is it's sort of it's the way the US political system works and the way space is funded in the US there these are pork pro, you know, projects in the US and so you know when the space shuttle was first conceptualized um, Each component of it kind of had to have some representation in various parts of the U.S. And so that's why the solid rocket boosters had to be put on trains um, and shipped from Promontory, Utah, all the way to Florida, because the, the, the manufacturer was located in Utah and the congressperson who was responsible for that region, who said, we're going to provide this percentage of funding and I'll support NASA funding, that's where they were from. And so you end up having all these political interests, everyone saying, you know, vote for me and I'll make sure you get good space jobs in, you know, back in our community, local space jobs. What it it ends up doing, yes, it guarantees future funding, but it also guarantees that it'll cost a lot more than it would have cost if you simply consolidated your manufacturing and design and testing in a much more efficient manner. So, uh, you know, the U.S., to a certain extent, is kind of a victim of the way its politics works and the way NASA is funded. Uh, And so, for better or for worse, you end up with an Artemis rocket that costs $4 billion every time you launch it. Um, which is a staggering amount of money considering that not one piece of it comes back and is reusable at this point in time. So clearly there's there's got to be a better way. The fact that SpaceX space exists and is driving reusability, I think, is pushing NASA in the right direction. Uh, but we're clearly not there yet. And the risk here is that if we don't figure it out before some other country does, uh, we will lose that sort of leadership position uh, in space technology. And I think India has just proven uh, if you're smart and agile, uh, and you use your resources efficiently, you can do great things. Uh, I think the U.S. And, and and certainly Canada should be watching and going, how can we apply those lessons to our space operations as well? How do we do more with less? Uh, I'd, la- I, I'd like to think they're asking those questions, and I'd like to think that we're looking for those answers now so that we too can operate on that level.
0: Just quickly, why is the South Pole so important? That's where everyone's trying to land now. You talked about ice and water. Uh, what can they do with this
3: if you think about Apollo all Apollo did was it landed on the moon they stayed there for a day or two and then they left and that was it um you know you know the the goal was landing the goal for Artemis is figuring out how we can create a sustained uh presence on the moon so it isn't just about landing and then coming home quickly it's about landing and then staying there building a base building moon-based mining operations building the ability to launch Interplanetary missions like to Mars from the Moon, and you only do that by taking advantage of the resources that are available on the Moon. And water is the most important resource for everything. So sustaining humans, sustaining the machines that will create this this capability, build the base, uh, and then also creating the rocket fuel that will then be used to go further out into the solar system. It's incredible. Incredibly expensive to carry everything with you out of Earth orbit. So if you can manufacture it using the resources available to you on the moon, you can significantly expand how far you can go, and you can significantly control the cost. The only way that we're going to become true space explorers and not just occasional tourists is by exploiting the resources that are out there. And the South Pole right now, based on what we know, is the one place that has huge frozen water reserves And that could be the key to unlocking that potential so that we can do more at the moon and then launch from there and go way further than we could than if we just tried to launch everything from Earth orbit and go from there. That's an incredibly inefficient way to go. The ice at the South Pole is the key to breaking that, that sort of that lock um, and going further, faster, cheaper.
0: We're going to have to take a break. But when we come back, uh, a lot more to talk about, including... AI scams now. There's all sorts of scamming happening with uh, phone calls and emails. Well, what if someone phoned you and it sounds like your friend wanting money, but is it really them? Stay tuned. You are back with the program. Mike Agarbo here in studio. I've got uh, my good friend Carmi Levy out of Toronto with me today. So this is a, a troubling story and we've talked about uh, these phone scams in the past on the show and These scammers are getting better because technology is helping them, especially with AI, and something called voice cloning. Carmi, So this gentleman here in Canada uh, basically had uh, what he thought was his friend phoning him, telling him that uh, he had been arrested uh, for, I guess, uh, texting uh, while he was uh, driving and needed $8,000 bail money. But it wasn't him, was it?
3: It wasn't. And, you know, what's scary here is the victim says that the voice sounded identical to him. His mannerisms were exactly the same. And that's kind of what tricked him into believing that he was actually hearing from his friend, not some AI generated voice of his friend. And I think that's a sign that voice cloning, which we really first started talking about only earlier this year, is getting really good really fast. Uh, to the point that the voices no longer sound robotic, that it doesn't need to be trained in, by, by hours of, of uh, audio online, that they can just literally listen to a video of someone or audio track of someone for a few seconds and then use that to create a fully formed voice that doesn't sound robotic at all. And it actually has those kind of you know twinges that make you think, yeah, I really am hearing from this person uh, to overcome any sense of disbelief that you might have. Um, and so I think you know it's it's tragic because as the technology gets better, it gets harder and harder to tell. Uh, which, of course, means it's easier and easier for victims to become victims, uh, to be fooled. Uh, And I think this is kind of the moment where we all need to start having those conversations within our families. And this isn't just something that affects uh, elderly victims. Victimology is all over the demographic map. Um, And so around the kitchen table, every single generation in my family, we've already had this conversation. Uh, And we will continue to have this conversation because... Even as the technology gets better, the the vector for attack, the signature of how an attack like this plays out is remarkably similar. The phone rings. You hear from someone who sounds like, uh, you know, an immediate family member, close friends, whatever, uh, and they've had some kind of misfortune. They got arrested. They were in an accident. They're sick. They're in the hospital. And of course, they need money. So even if it sounds just like them, if we're talking about it, we're aware of, ah, I, I, you know, this is a kind of cyber attack, you, we can relate it. We're less likely to be fooled if we have heard of it and, and, and we're triggered. That's the moment where we say, okay, I will get off the phone now and I will call that person directly. Hang on, I'll call you back. That, what it does is it removes control from the cyber attacker, and it allows us as, as now no longer victims to take control back, and of course, you call the individual who's supposedly in jail, and they just shrug their shoulders and go, "I don't know what you're talking about." You, you—they were trying to victimize you. So we need to disavow ourselves of the need to a) pick up the phone every time it rings, b) stay on the phone when someone wants to talk to us, and 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 c) believe that it is actually who we are talking to. And I know it's. Very unCanadian. It means that we may need to be impolite. It means that we may uh, risk embarrassing ourselves because maybe that was Aunt June and maybe she did have a flat tire and she needed some money to pay the tow truck. Um, but I'd rather have Aunt June angry at me uh, than be victimized in this way like this poor man did. He only decided to call his friend after he had sent them $8,000 and then he realized he had been had. Imagine if he had called him and recognized how these attacks play out right off the hop then you know this wouldn't even be a story but it's happening day after day the quality of the voice is getting better the tools are becoming more widely available easier to use in many cases scammers can just subscribe to them it's almost like hack in a box um and as a result this is becoming incredibly widespread and we need to get better at recognizing the signs
0: the the tools aren't perfect yet uh carmy you know for this voice cloning i've tried it uh with my voice it's it's I, I felt it wasn't like perfect, but that's that's the point, though. It just has to be good enough, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. And and quite frankly, and I, I always think of the term "lean in." Most of us don't lean in when the phone rings and when someone talks to us. If you know, if, if my phone rings and I I think it's Mike Agarbo on the other end, I'm not going to lean in all that much um, because well, it's Mike. I've talked to you how many times before. I know your voice. We're friends uh, and. And so I think that's the thing: is it has to be just good enough for us to overcome that sense of, you know, this is not a stranger, this is someone who I know and trust. Um, and so we need to get better at leaning in harder, uh, but we also need to get better at recognizing the other signs because these these kinds of attacks used to not like before voice cloning was a thing. These attacks were still a thing, and but it was a, a police someone claiming to be a police officer or a lawyer or an officer of the court so-and-so has been arrested, they need your money. I'm a doctor, they're in the ER. Um, It doesn't matter, they were there, and of course you could never talk to them because they didn't have voice cloning back then, but these attacks were still successful because we believed that the individual, our close friend or family member had been victimized and needed our help. So as the technology gets better, the likelihood that they can overcome that initial sense of doubt is getting better. We need to recognize the other signs um and and know that the best way to avoid this is to just get off the call and call that person immediately if you do that you stop it dead in its tracks and they will not call you again at least not you know not immediately but um you stop that attack from happening they'll go find someone else who can be convinced
0: been talking with Carmi levy uh, about uh, voice cloning being used for scamming this gentleman here in Ontario was scammed out of eight thousand dollars for apparent bail money the big lesson is if you've got someone a friend or anyone phoning and in, in an urgent matter uh, asking for cash you got to try getting a hold of them uh, in person uh, you know phoning them back or anything just to kind of validate that story because this is going to happen more and more thanks for joining us Carmi
3: Great being here, Mike. Thanks for having me.
0: Don't forget to enter our contest. uh, Secret word this week, Android TV, giving away an Epson EcoTank uh, inkjet printer and a smart projector, www.getconnectedmedia.com. We'll see you again next time.